The U.S. government has given billions of dollars to businesses in an effort to curb the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. The government will begin to pursue recouping these funds in 2021. Aggressive penalties will be imposed on companies that do not follow regulations and guidelines for proper use of these funds. Criminal charges are already being levied on fraudulent use. Don't suffer again. Get a customized business operations success suite from Elite 8 Tax and Financial Services for your company today. Boss packages include entity formation, payroll, accounting and bookkeeping, tax planning, tax filings, and quarterly strategy sessions to minimize your tax liability, increase efficiency, and maximize your profits. Make your appointment today at Elite8Financial.com. Get the guidance, tools, and protection your business needs now. Get boss. Get behind the shield. Welcome, everybody, to Boss Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in to the season finale of season two. I want to start with thanking you guys for all your continued support, constantly tuning in, sharing the videos, subscribing to the YouTube channel. We really appreciate you. We'll be coming with season three in September. We'll announce the dates uh, pretty soon here. And today we're, we're going to have a phenomenal discussion because I want to dispel a lot of the myths that we see uh, on social media and everything. So you know how this goes. Get your pen, your paper, and whatever other device you use to take notes on because we're going to be bringing you a lot of information uh, as usual. Uh, as you go through this thing, go ahead and get your questions prepared. We're going to allow for a little bit of Q&A. But you know how this works. We'll give you a little bit of education, but you have to pay for the application. Get ready for Boss Talk Radio. Here we go. Welcome to Boss Talk Radio, the number one online business and entrepreneurial talk show. Brought to you by Elite 8 Tax and Financial Services. Boss Talk Radio, keeping it real, yeah, that's for sure. I said a Boss Talk Radio, here for your needs, we'll crack the code. He gon' fix your situation like there ain't no time for wasting. We ain't playing when we saying he the boss. And if you ever have a problem, he gon' show you how to solve it. Listen in and he'll show you he the boss. Talk Here's your host, the sexy tech expert, George Andrews. Talk your needs will crack the code. He the boss. Yeah, buddy, it's been a really fun season. We did a lot of uh, experiments on how to bring you episodes and so forth and so on. We saw that you guys really liked uh, separated segments and whatnot, so you'll see more of that in season three. We'll uh, commit to bringing you a daily segmented episode, whether it's the term of the week, the boss tax tips, boss motivation, and everybody's uh, five minutes of fire uh, favorite. <laughs> we're going to bring you guys uh, some more of that. And uh, of course, we're going to bring you guys more exciting guests. So if you're tuning in for the first time, what is Boss Talk Radio? We bring you the best across all industries of entrepreneurs and business owners, not just to talk about their success or highlight their business, but also to really show you the different sides 
of entrepreneurship because social media will have you think that this thing is sexy all the time and there's nothing but bottle popping club hopping and you know traveling around the world and uh all of that's great but you have to build you have to start somewhere so if you're one two even three or four years into business and you haven't gotten to that place yet understand that overnight success usually takes about 10 years so don't be discouraged uh double down on yourself invest in yourself and i want to focus on that moment you know i talk about that all the time that part about investing in yourself as the revenue increases and the costs tend to come down because you're getting wiser about how you do business increase your investment in yourself and in your business in order to get where you want to go you can't finish where you start you have to double down you have to reinvest in yourself you have to constantly educate and improve yourself in your craft product or service so with that said don't be discouraged you know um you take care of your business your business will take care of you so today we're going to be talking to my friend business partner and expert in the area of saving people money i'm going to go ahead and tell you guys right now this episode ain't for everybody you know uh but you want the information anyway because if you are currently making less than say 150,000 annually hopefully your goal is to get to that point be it employment business or otherwise and then obviously much greater so when we come back i'm going to introduce you guys to my friend roger grant we'll be back right after this this is dr tamia guest we're rejuvenating chiropractic this is Nera Reed with Modified Beat Nutrition ball, Health Coach. This is Karen Marcel with June Street Barbershop. This is Tiffany Marcel Beat with Marcel Luxury Realty, and you're listening to Boss Talk Radio. was how was our experience in comparison to with with elite eight in comparison to other tax professional services and i think i'll just kind of turn that over to my husband and what he would think being from the military services um during the past i will always use a um, service online service throughout the military and one thing i didn't like about it is not able to speak to someone live and since i've been with elite eight having that person live in front of me has been great rewarding. If me and my wife had to recommend lead aid to a family and friend, one of the strong attributes would be confidence. As a leader in the United States military, I've always been confident. And my, since my post-retirement, when I'm utilizing a business, I want to make sure they're confident in their answers and their tax preparation. Get behind the shield. Welcome, welcome back, everybody, and welcome to the show, Mr. Roger Grant. How you doing today, big brother? Hey, George. I'm doing good, man. How are you? I am doing excellent. I am doing excellent. First and foremost, I want to thank you uh, for your time. Very, very valuable time. 
uh, in recent weeks, we've had a lot of uh, chats and whatnot, got to break bread and uh, really learn a lot about what you do and how we can work together. And so one of the things that I wanted to do right at the top of the show is deal with this concept that's out there. You know, we have this uh, pandemic on social media where people get this much information and they go run out and jump off the bridge trying to do something without knowing what they need. And it also makes room for a lot of false prophets and, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of fake gurus and everything, you know. And in the grand scheme of things, it really takes a long time to master these techniques for developing and protecting wealth. And so, you know, one of the things that stood out to me when I was talking to you, you were like, yeah, well, I did this for six years of study. Then I worked at this level for six more years. And, you know, then it was this long before they were like, hey, you can go and do what you do, you know. And I'm like, wow. And some people will, you know, see you or talk to you and, and just figure, you know, you jumped in both feet and failed your way up. And I believe in failing your way up to a degree you know, by investing in yourself. But too often what happens is people spend a lot of time and energy trying to navigate these shortcuts. So wanted you to speak on how to get the valuable education, how to do application, not just specifically in what you do, but you come across a lot of high net worth individuals. You work with a lot of business owners that have mastered their craft. You know, so for that person that's listening, that that's always, you know, kind of hot stepping in the rope like double dutch trying to uh, take a shortcut, you mm -hmm. know, open their head against the wall. Can, can you speak to that? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, anything worth having is worth fighting for. And uh, if you're going to fight for it, you, you got to dig in for the long haul. Right. So what you were what you were referring to that I shared with you was. My mentor, with the information that he's taught me, he sat under his mentor for eight years, eight years, because it's not about just gathering information. It's about practical application of that information. So when I met my mentor, just kind of ironically, it was about the eight year time frame before I, I stepped away from him and kind of went out on my own and did my own thing. Um, two things I would tell people is one, if you're going to be about it, be about it long term hopping from thing to thing to thing with a little bit of information and very little application is not going to benefit you. And if you can find someone whose feet you can sit at, who is willing to teach you, to groom you, to mold you and help you apply the information that you're getting, that's where that's where you're going to build your foundation is, is really being teachable, being coachable. And I find that, you know, while we have this, culture uh, or the term rather is called follow we have a lack of people really willing to follow like you know I, I see people try to go to free seminars and things of that nature with this expectation that they're going to leave there and execute some information and then in a week they're <laughs> And in a week, they're going to be billionaires, you know. 
And so yeah. I've been uh, I've been in this particular business uh, professionally now for eight years. You know, I knew a little something before even that, and the amount of money I spend, you know, annually on uh, training and education and webinars and seminars and so forth and so on, you know, would make the average person just kind of scratch their head. But I'm like, if I'm going to do something, the pursuit of being the best at it, you know, is is essential. And there's a, a time investment that comes with that. You can't just, you know, be the best without having going through some challenges and some applications, you know, of the things that you've been taught, you know. So one of the other things that's out there, uh, I got some, and this is why this show came about, uh, this particular episode, um, one week Ironically, uh, about a week or two before we went to lunch, I got like three inboxes on Instagram with these videos, these short clips of people talking about trust. Mm -hmm. And without any context, without any methodology, they were basically telling anybody uh, that was willing to listen, like step one, start a business, step two, create a trust or whatever, and step three, you don't pay any taxes. I was like, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> and so people were sending me these videos asking if this was valid. And I was like, well, they skipped 20 steps, but <laughs> wow. <laughs> there is a methodology to do that, but I'm sorry to tell you that number one, it doesn't require you to start a business. Uh, and number two, um, it has to make economical sense for you to do this. You know, like that's, that's just not an everybody thing, you know? So mm -hmm. if you're getting nine, $10, $11,000 refunds normally, <laughs> You know, from a W two equal this this ain't what you want. <laughs> no, nah, and so it's not necessary. Can we start with you telling everybody what a trust actually is? Because um, what I found is that a lot of people look at it kind of like the same as you know. Well, I want to start a business, and Uncle Pete tell them, "Well, you need to get an LLC so nobody can't sue you." And it's like, no, everybody doesn't need an LLC, you know. So, can you, in a very you know surface level, tell everybody what what a trust actually is? And understand this, guys: there are actually different types of trust. So that's one of the things that I had an issue with was this statement was being made with absolutely no context whatsoever. So mm -hmm. if you would. <laughs> All right, let me uh, let me cover two things. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give the definition of a trust and George, you're gonna see me read a lot of stuff today because I believe documentation beats conversation all day, every day and twice on Sunday. So I don't wanna give you Roger's words, I'm gonna read you stuff, actual facts, things from the IRS, things from court cases, so you know that I'm not making this stuff up. But the two most powerful tools that we have in business in America is a contract and the proper jurisdiction of law. 
So when you ask, what is a trust? I'm going to read you the definition of a trust. A trust is a three-party contract in which one can create a binding, inviolate entity. The creator is able to specify the terms, provisions, and who the other parties are. So what is a trust? A true trust is a three-party contract. That contract consists of the creator of the trust or the grantor. Those are synonymous. So you have the creator, the trustee, and then the beneficiary. Now, as you were talking about these general statements people are making about trust um, and, and, and what you can do and not specifying the different types of trust, I want to talk about the trust that most people are familiar with, which is a, uh, a living trust. That is a grantor trust. And if you have listeners on here who have a living trust, I'm going to explain something. They go look at their trust document and see it's true. The way those are set up is the grantor, the creator of the trust is also the trustee. And then they choose their beneficiary. That violates the definition of a trust. A trust is a three-party contract. If you're the creator and you're the trustee and you have a beneficiary, that's a three-position contact contract, but there's only two parties because you hold two of those three positions. It violates the definition of a trust, which means that that particular entity is not a trust contract. It's a trust agreement, and it can't do what a trust contract can do. For example, um, there's no asset protection capabilities from a living trust. All it's good for is probate. It will bypass probate in terms of passing down things generationally, but in terms of, of liability and protecting assets, there's no protection whatsoever. And I can elaborate on that a little bit, but I was going to ask because I think right there at that moment, I think the conversation normally focuses around that. And when someone hears past probate, they somehow inherently believe that this means that there is no taxation to take place. Uh, in the pass down of assets. This is not true. <laughs> no. So, um, you know, when we talk about estate planning and mm -hmm. things of that nature, um, taxes has to be a essential part of that conversation because in my opinion, and um, you know, you work very closely with these individuals as well. But in my opinion, a conversation that is not uh, considering or really revolving around um, saving on taxes kind of puts everything into some mythical ideology or something like it's not real at that point. None of the information as far as bottom line is going to be, you know, a fact. Right. So. Okay, so you just touched on a couple different things. Are we want to talk about assets and estate planning, or we want to talk about taxes? Which one do we want to tackle first? Either or, because in my opinion, uh, taxes evolve, revolve around everything. So um, uh, you give it to us in the way that you feel will lead people out of the dark to the understanding, okay, this is this, this is this, and this particular document doesn't exempt you. <laughs> that's that's right. the myth you want to dispel. Like there, there's this thought process that if I just do this living trust, 
that right. you know everything is peers are not going to have to pay any additional taxes on right. these transfers. Okay, so let's start with the estate planning piece. First and foremost, I want to say this: having a will is an express invitation to probate. I'm going to say that again. Setting up your estate through a will is an express invitation to probate because people can contest wills. They get contested all the time, which means you end up going to court and people lose 30, 40, 50, 60 percent of their assets to attorneys and court fees before their loved ones ever get anything that you spent your life building. That's a will. A living trust would be the next step up because a living trust, you can't contest it. It will go where you want it to go. But let's say you have a living trust in your children of the beneficiaries. There will be inheritance tax will be taxes that are paid on that. Right now, this particular trust that I'm talking about, which is a contract trust placed in the proper jurisdiction of law. We structure our clients where they don't own anything ever. So there is no transfer of property. All you do is have your children become the trustee when you leave here. Now, the so assets that you control they now control. I wanted to uh, tap on that because somebody saw the title of today's show and probably thought it was going to be a relationship show. <laughs> it's called Trust Once. And uh, once is an acronym, ladies and gentlemen. Once is a concept that um, I learned in the past year, I would say, and it completely blew me away uh, when this information was made available to me. And as Roger said, documentation beats conversation. If you go back and look at season one of Boss Talk Radio, I don't think there was a single episode where I did not talk about the importance of ownership Um and so when this concept was brought to me, own nothing, control everything, I was like, uh, well, wait a minute. If you don't own it, how in the hell can you possibly control it? You know, and it took real conversations with people that really understood what that meant and what that does. Roger has saved uh, his clients in excess of $12 million at this point. Um, that's not something to sneeze at. That's not something that just happens via tax planning alone. That's what I want you guys to understand. Now, while I do believe in ownership, let me be more clear. There's a hot topic out here right now. Uh, I think earlier this week, or I seen it earlier this week. I don't know when it actually happened, but there's a platform called OnlyFans. Um, and over the past uh, few years, my understanding is this has become a multi-billion dollar uh, platform. And it has made uh, tens of thousands of millionaires um, largely due to uh, no other way to say it, pornography or what have you. And what's interesting about that is because you took these ordinary people who did not have a great business sense 
or what have you. And they had this influx of money come in. What tends to happen is this is a new lifestyle for them. And they never considered investing in themselves and having someone like Roger protect them. They never called someone like me to uh, make sure that they were covered on the tax end or even did the accounting. They would simply look at their screen and say, okay, I've earned this much money this day or this month or whatever the case may be. Well, now uh, my understanding is OnlyFans is removing any type of content that was pornographic and all of its, uh, I don't know if you call them subscribers or licensees or whoever, you know, the talent, let's call it the talent on there or whatever. So you literally have people that have enjoyed being on there three or four years, you know, having six figure months that in less than 30 days, that stream of income, and hopefully it's not their only one, but that stream of income is going to be completely cut off. And if they didn't use that platform at its time to create their own platform, whether it be a website, some sort of streaming thing or whatever, then when they lose that content, those connections, they'll have to organically build it in another place or whatever, hopefully through their own ownership or whatever. So that's what I mean by ownership being important, not to be confused or think it's in conflict with the concept of own nothing, control everything. What does that mean, Roger? Well, you have uh, Rockefeller's quote, Nelson Rockefeller, who's the grandson of John D. Rockefeller, former vice president of the United States, says the key to success is to own nothing but control everything. Right. Many of us have heard that, have no idea what that means. Right. Then you have uh, more contemporaries, Robert Kiyosaki. If you listen to Kiyosaki and read Kiyosaki, you hear him say often that the difference between rich people and poor people is poor people want to own things. Rich people want to own nothing. Right. The only way you can have full control over assets and have none of the liabilities of ownership of those assets is to place it in the trust and you are the trustee. Now, the reason they say that is because there's clear liabilities to ownership. Anything you own can be taxed to you and taken from you. If you don't own it, they can't tax it, they can't take it. And I wanna read something to you from, from the IRS handbook because pe people get it confused when you say evading taxes and avoiding taxes. I want you to read, I want you to hear what the IRS handbook has to say. Avoidance of taxes is not a criminal offense. Any attempt to reduce, avoid, minimize, or alleviate taxes by legitimate means is permissible. That's straight out of the handbook for special agents, internal revenue service. So the last time I checked, this last time I checked, if it says legitimate means, it means there's a way to do it legitimately, right? And I can tell you owning things will not allow you to participate in this legitimate avoiding of taxes. It's only through proper structure. Can you pull that off? So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to pay some bills and we'll be back with more with uh, Roger Grant after this. 
We'll give you his contact information. I'm sure by now some of you have some questions. Get those ready uh, and whatnot. You can post them in the comments and we'll see them. Let me know where you're tuning in from. If you're watching this on the replay, please uh, put hashtag replay and we'll be back right after this. Ready to begin your business? Should you be an LLC or a C corporation? How do you track the cost of goods versus operating supplies? What are your depreciable assets? Are you structured to obtain business credit? Not sure? Get a boss. An individual business operation success suite from Elite 8 Tax and Financial Services will position your business for success and avoid the pitfalls of startups. From registering with your state, operating agreements, bookkeeping, tax filings, and more, Elite 8 Tax and Financial Services can be your growth partner at every level of your business. Schedule your needs assessment today at www.elite8financial.com slash boss or by phone at 469-412-0056. This is Dr. Tamia Gass with Rejuvenating Chiropractic. This is Nira Reed with Modified Nutrition Health Coach. This is Karen Marcel with June Street Barbershop. This is Tiffany Marcel with Marcel Luxury and you're listening to Boss Talk Radio. So, I get asked all the time about stuff like the mask, the towel, uh, stuff like that. You guys can reach out to destinationsandoccasions.com. Uh, they do novelty prints and everything, as well as all types of uh, event planning and travel planning. Uh, but without further ado, we want to welcome back my friend and business partner, Mr. Roger Gray. How you doing, sir? Doing good, George. So we established what it means to own nothing and control everything. Um, And we separated the living trust from the three-party contract. Mm -hmm. So the next thing I want to talk about is the, how do I want to word this? Uh, The flexibility of gathering information because without nearly as much knowledge as you have on this subject, I understood it on a very uh, pragmatic level and was able to do some diligence. Yet Mm -hmm. when I'm talking to other finance professionals, I get a lot of resistance <laughs> and we talked about this when we uh when we went to lunch and mm-hmm. everything and you broke this down so eloquently when you talked about and and, and i noticed even at the top of the hour you never leave that key part out of it or whatever when we're talking about jurisdiction and when i asked about why does this get so much resistance 
and you explained about the schools of thought or whatever. Can, can you enlighten the uh, guest on that? Yeah, well, <clears throat> if our CPAs, our financial planners, our attorneys, uh, estate planners, if those people don't know the information that's available for you to properly structure your business and your families, then it never gets to us. And it's all by design. So when you look at the education system and where it all started, as you have this quote scrolling by from Nelson Rockefeller, most people don't understand that John D. Rockefeller started our United States Board of Education. And what Rockefeller understood was that if he could control the entities that put out information, and then if he could also control the curriculums, the actual information put out, that he can control an entire society and he's still doing that to the grave. Let me give you a couple of good examples. When I talked about controlling entities, um, we as, as black people are very proud of our HBCUs and we, we think we claim that as ours, right? Well, Spelman University was Rockefeller's wife's maiden name and Morehouse was his pastor and his business partner. He started um, building the curriculums and, and controlling the institutions in the South first because it was easier for him to push the information he wanted to control that, that group of people in the South. Now, in terms of curriculum, let me give you a good example of this. Every developed nation in the world learns the metric system as their primary source of mathematics. We learned the Dewey Decimal System. Why? Simply because Rockefeller wanted it taught. And I'm gonna read something to you real quick out of a, 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 a piece of literature called the General Education Board and Friends. And I'm going to sum this up. In 1903, Congress let John D. Rockefeller create the Board of Education. In 1913, 10 years later, they had to come back and do a, a, a congressional investigation into what Rockefeller had just done. Right. So I'm going to read you a little piece of this. It says in 1919, using Rockefeller money, John Dewey, which we learned today, the Dewey Decimal System, John Dewey, by now a professor at Columbia Teachers College, an institution heavily endowed by Rockefeller, founded the Progressive Education Association. Through its existence, it spread the philosophy which undergirds welfare capitalism, that the bulk of the population is biologically childlike, requiring lifelong care. So Rockefeller and Dewey, working with the Columbia Teachers Association, some teachers there created the PEA, the Progressive Education Association. Through its existence, it pushed a philosophy. And that philosophy was that the bulk of the population is biologically childlike, requiring lifelong care. That's me and you. It goes on to say, from the start, Dewey was joined by other Columbia professors who made no secret that the objective of the PEA project was to use the educational system as a tool to accomplish political goals. So when you talk about financial professionals, They've been through, they've been schooled. They haven't been educated. That's what the education system is there for. There was a system that they were attempting to put in place to accomplish political goals. If they have this them and us mentality, which I promise you do, you that they do have that mentality, they don't want our financial professionals to have all of the information because if they have it, we get it. Now, Rockefeller said this. He said, competition is a sin. He said, I don't want a nation full of thinkers. I want a nation full of workers. 
which means I need you to work for my businesses. I need you to patronize my businesses. I don't need you to think and compete with me. And that's what school is for, to create a, that system, to take care of these biologically childlike people who need lifelong care. And he's talking about every last one of us. So when you meet financial professionals who are resistant, it's because they feel they've been taught all that there is to learn, not knowing that the system was set up not to give them all that there is to learn. So you can't really be mad at huh? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna end the show because I mean <laughs> if you don't accomplish anything else in life, ladies and gentlemen, to watch the last four minutes of this uh, episode uh, and let that filter through your thought processes should create a paradigm shift. <laughs> it, yeah. it really should create a paradigm shift uh, within you, really about all things money and knowledge you know they say knowledge is power they say if you want to keep something from somebody put it in the book what roger just said was well you can also just give them the book you want them to read <laughs> right give them the book you want them to read and don't give them the book you don't want them to read but george i'm going to read one more piece of this just 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 to give you a sense of what they were trying to accomplish um it says well, from the the, from the start, the GEB, the General Education Board, had a mission. A letter from John D. Rockefeller Sr. specified that his gifts were to be used to promote a comprehensive system. You might well ask what interests the system was designed to promote, but you'd be asking the wrong question. Frederick Gates, the Baptist minister hired to disperse Rockefeller Largace, gave a terse explanation when he said, the key word is system. American life was too unsystematic to suit corporate genius. Rockefeller's foundation was about systematizing us. He had a mission, evil genius, but he's still controlling. We still learn the Dewey Decimal System today. This brother's been gone for a couple hundred years. He's still controlling it from the grave. I got, can, can you do that one one more time? I got to hear that again. That That was profound. <laughs> so Rockefeller started the general education board from his foundation, his private family foundation. Now, there's two different types of foundations. There are foundations that are public charities like the Boys and Girls Club, the March of Dimes, uh, the American Heart Association. Those are public charities. Private family foundations are like Bill and Hillary Clinton, Bill and Melinda Gates, Oprah Winfrey, Ford Foundation, Carnegie Foundation, Rockefeller Foundation. He used his nonprofit entity to set up the Board of Education, which was called the General Education Board and Friends. And this says from the start, the General Education Board and Friends had a mission. A letter from John D. Rockefeller Sr. specified that his gifts, charitable entity, right? His gifts were to be used to promote a comprehensive system. You might well ask what the interest the system was designed to promote, but you'd be asking the wrong question. Frederick Gates, the Baptist minister hired to disperse Rockefeller Largace gave a terse explanation when he said the key word is system. American life was too unsystematic to suit corporate genius. Rockefeller's foundation was about systematizing us, us biologically childlike people who need lifelong care. Wow. So when you talk about financial, um, uh, experts in the in the financial arena, they have been through the system. 
the system has taught them that you have the highest level of knowledge out there. And a lot of them just aren't open to hearing anything else. Even when there's a ton of information out there, I mean, look. Now that's the other side. Um, people tend to disagree with me on this. I believe in adjustments, not excuses. I believe that um, your past doesn't dictate your future while your experiences may kind of, you know, mold and shape, you know, your thought processes or whatever. I believe that when there's truly a will in this day, and I'm not talking about 20, 30, 40, 50, or more years ago, today, in my opinion, there's two methods of, uh, there's two modes of equality. There's 24 hours in a day. Now, if somebody has figured out how to get more, I ain't learned about it. <laughs> you know. And then the second one is the internet. Um, and I'm challenged to accept that somebody tells me they don't know, or more in particular, they don't have access. And when you check their search history, what they're looking up is a recent music video or some by some celebrities network or world star or something like this mm -hmm. or what have you. Um, but even among the uh, academia, uh, what is it, um, you know, especially when it comes to attorneys, these are people that are, are trained to research and maneuver information. Why are they so resistant to what is not only in black and white, but in the same sources that they accredit? Well, that takes us back to that, that conversation about jurisdiction, right? I said two most powerful tools are the contract, the definition of a trusted three-party contract. Um, and then the other thing is proper jurisdiction. So you mentioned there's all kinds of different trusts and those little clips that you were getting didn't even specify what kind of trust. There's 81 different types of trusts. Only one of them creates a federal organization, which takes you above state law, right? Every one of our attorneys is licensed by the state that they live in. They are licensed to do business in that state. They are educated on that level of statutory and administrative law. The trust that I'm talking about is an English common law contract trust or it's also known as a pure trust. And let me see if I can pull this up real quick, just to read you. Uh, there, that was a, a court case that I read you earlier where the IRS handbook that came up in the court case. Here's something else that came out of this court case, Edwards versus commissioner. This is the 10th circuit court in Colorado, right? So this is a federal courtroom. And this is what it says about a, tr a pure trust. A pure trust is not illegal if formed for the express purpose of avoiding taxes. Our attorneys don't know anything about a pure trust because they're educated on statutory and administrative law. A pure trust is a common law trust, George. This whole country was founded under the English common law, except for Louisiana, which, is, which was originally owned by the French. And today, to this very day, the true law of the land of Louisiana is Napoleonic law. But the rest of America is under English common law. And here's what happens when you place that trust contract 
into the proper jurisdiction. And I'm just going to read you what the Supreme Court says. Now, given that the United States, uh, the United States Constitution was written under English common law, it says this: a trust organization consisting of a U.S. constitutional right of contract cannot be abridged. You know what that means? Can't be. You can't mess with it. Can't touch it. Can't penetrate it. It says the agreement when executed becomes a federal organization and not under any of the laws passed by any of the several legislators. This is the Supreme Court in Crocker versus McClay. So they're telling you if you take this trust contract and you put it in this jurisdiction, it can't be abridged. It becomes a federal organization. Our attorneys operate at the state level. Very few of them even know how to operate in the federal court system. So they don't know that there's a whole nother jurisdiction that they can operate in. Most of us don't know. It's not taught. But that didn't say common law, right? So I'm going to make this real, real clear to your listeners. A couple more examples. And this is uh, Freeman versus Elliott and Crocker versus Malloy. It says a business trust is a common law entity formed by contract and thus is not subject to the same types of state regulations as a corporation. Next case, Ashworth versus Hagen Estates. One of the main objectives of a trust contract is to obtain most of the advantages of corporations, but with the freedom from the burdens, restrictions, and regulations generally imposed upon them. Last one, and there are several cases tied to this one. It says a business trust may be organized to engage in any business uh, in which business uh, businesses, or excuse me, individuals or corporations may lawfully engage. We are taught, our attorneys are taught, how to function under the laws of their state. This entity rises above the state. And so I have a question. Uh-huh. Because I know I'm not the only one thinking this. Sure. With the weight of the words you just read, that, that was heavy. <laughs> With the weight of the words you just read, why wouldn't every cannabis company in America go through your process versus becoming a regular corporation uh, at a state level? Same reason our attorneys won't have an open discussion. They don't know. They don't even know what questions to ask. See, when you have people like like uh, Nelson Rockefeller and and uh, Kiyosaki say the things they say, they don't give people enough information to even go do due diligence, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what we're here for. Mm -hmm. We give people all of the information they can go do their due diligence. I suffered horribly, George, because I didn't meet my mentor before 2008 happened, before the mortgage meltdown happened. I would have been in a whole different place in life right now had I known what I know now. I made it my, my mission to make sure people don't ever have to suffer the things I had to suffer simply because nobody bothered to tell them. But the reason, whether it's the cannabis, whether it's our, our CPAs, our financial planners, or our attorneys, the reason they don't, they don't, they don't operate differently is because they don't even know what questions to ask. I want to reiterate what Roger uh, put out there about jurisdiction. Um, because especially in our community, attorneys and CPAs, uh, outside of them, maybe doctors and registered nurses 
are considered the holy grail of professionals. Um, and as Roger pointed out, one, these people are educated by a system designed to essentially limit them, uh, the teach them what they want us. them to know. Yeah, to systematize um, us. And then two, um, every one of the aforementioned uh, professionals are in fact licensed by some state governing board. That's right. I'm often asked in conversations, uh, the minute I get into taxation, I'm often asked, well, oh, you're a CPA. And I'll be like, yeah, no, my job is fun. <laughs> so um want to take this moment to point out, though, that uh, myself and uh, all the other enrolled agents around the country, we are not licensed by the state. We are licensed by the federal government and able to move around as such. Um, and in addition to that, though, um, we are allowed to challenge the interpretation of tax law. The only thing that separates one of us from the next one is the amount of information we are armed with to do so. Right. So with that said, I'm so glad to have uh, met Roger. And it's a funny story because we first came across each other uh, in about 2014 uh, on social media. And I wasn't social media savvy uh, at the time. So I was really just getting into this and I'm like, I want to focus. And Roger attempted to introduce this concept to me. And right from the door, one of the things that I understood was whatever it is you're talking about is too much information for me to process at this time because I have tunnel vision, you mm -hmm. know, we still have the text thread. <laughs> it was like, I have tunnel vision right now. I am focused on this. Well, the reality is, is had I doubled back a couple years sooner, um, I could have helped many more clients in different ways. Because one of the things that uh, he made really clear to me, and here's the interesting dynamic, I can get you out of many, many, many tax troubles short of criminal. I don't deal with criminals. Let's make that clear. Yeah. So outside of that, uh, we specialize in tax avoidance. Um, we specialize in tax resolutions. But like anything in this world, there's levels to this, you know. And Roger's skill at tax avoidance I don't think it becomes more elite uh, than that. So um, us working together was just like, it's like butter and toast. It's like, yeah, let's get it done, you know? And so Roger, you have a, a very, very exclusive uh, training um, that you do for prospects. And what I love about this was that Number one, you can't just register. You can't just walk in the door. You can't just buy it, you know. So um, it's by a very exclusive invitation. And the beauty, I, I thought, the beauty of this is 
before a dollar is requested um, in the sense of buying something, you're investing your time in giving out all this information to make sure people understand what it is you're doing for them. Absolutely. You know, um, I thought that was just like, for now, and here what I thought was crazy. I was like, because as, as you were breaking it down, I was like, there's no way in hell somebody's going to come to a two-hour workshop and, and like, get this. Like, it's not going to happen. You know, so you broke down the process for, like, yeah, no, there's phase one. Right. <laughs> and we're going to give you this much information or whatever. And at that point, you can decide if it's even, you know, something you want to, you know, dive into. Right. And then there's phase two, right, <laughs> you know, right. where we really put the fat on your brain, you know, and and really uh, saturate you with this information. And then there's the process. And that's why I led off talking about not having shortcuts and not having, uh, you know, quote unquote, overnight success, because you have these uh gurus alleged gurus out here you know that they they just they get this much of it and they run and they claim to be the expert and they're robbing people absolutely so let me let me talk to you a little bit about what what, what you said and what i do i went through i went through not having this information and suffering the consequences of that right so when i met my mentor and he told me almost verbatim what my CPA told me that did not work. <laughs> I told him, I said, look, if you're willing to teach, I'm willing to learn. He charged me nothing for it. This information would have changed my life. And so my mission is to make sure this is all about the information. It ain't about, it ain't about anything else. So what we do is I have a webinar that anybody can watch. Well, not anybody. I don't mark it. I don't put it out there. If you know somebody who's familiar with me and my, my, my business, you know, and you get the link, anybody can watch the link. Um, from there, you can schedule a, a consultation and we can talk. Or if you want more information, you're now on my mailing list and you can participate in our in our quarterly workshops. We haven't had one in a year and a half because of COVID, but we do have one coming up in September. Um, hopefully we can get one in before this uh, flu season starts and things get really, really hectic. Um, but that's where you get two days worth of information. So if you can grasp what we're talking about with the proper trust structure um, and structuring your business, your ministry, your family to not own anything, but to control everything. Now that you have that general foundation, when you come to the workshop, you'll understand the strategies that go along with being properly structured. So the workshop does cost a little something because we have to pay for the room and the speakers come in and whatnot. But as far as the information goes, I give away the information. I don't care where you apply it. If you can find somebody else that you want to work with, that's all right. Nobody else out there is going to give you this information. So I want you to have it. And I, I know because I was upset, nobody told me. Yeah, I mean, you know, so um, and I apologize because there was a uh, I, I misunderstood those two parts on there. But um, so so, you know, I'm not going to give you the link. Um, <laughs> because I don't want the million questions that's going to come, uh, behind this. So we have Roger's number, 
on the screen for those of you listening on your favorite podcast player. That number is 1-800-355-2012-2012. And the website is thegrantconsultinggroup.com. And you can email Roger at roger at thegrantconsultinggroup.com. Um, and in your email, uh, mention Boss Talk Radio because he might say you spam otherwise. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And again, this is not for um, everybody. We hope that uh, in your pursuit of excellence, in your pursuit of uh, better living, that when you really get to the point of wanting, wanting to do legacy building and creating generational wealth, understand that there, I haven't seen a better tool you know, we have a thousand conversations going on right now on social media about how to, quote unquote, get the bag. Everybody <laughs> has a strategy on making money. Let me just say this. Solve a problem, you're going to make some money. <laughs> Be willing to help somebody, you're going to make some money. It's never about making money. It's the ability to keep money. That's right. You know, um, this is the only way when I say the only way talking about keeping more than you spend, it's the only way to truly uh, build wealth. I mean, you may be one of those trust fund babies that just has wealth, but right. you have to build it. Or as we say, if you have to get it out the mud. <laughs> George, I say on my website, I don't know, I don't know if you've seen my website uh, where it says, uh, it's not about what you earn, it's about what you keep and what you spend, right? And if you're giving away 30, 40, 50% to somebody else in taxes, how do you do what you talked about in the beginning, reinvesting in yourself and reinvesting in your business? You can't because they're taking all your profits. Having said that, what we're talking about is structuring businesses. Yeah, that's not for everybody. Not everybody's ready for that. But I, I do want to say this. If you have anything that you want to protect, everybody needs to trust. I don't care if it's just your home. You understand if you go out and get a car accident tomorrow and you have an own, a home with a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of equity in it, if you're at fault and somebody gets hurt, your home is at risk. Mm -hmm. If you have anything you, you want to protect. So wait a minute, Roger, are you telling me that Uncle Pete was wrong that if I have an LLC, uh, they can't come after me? Well, well, even if it's owned by an LLC, it's what, they can put what's called the creditor's charge on an LLC. And when you move the money, and you have to move the money to spend it, when you move the money, it's accessible. Mm-hmm. Owning it in that most people don't operate an LLC correctly and subsequently it ends up with really zero protection. Uh, yeah, most of them are single member LLCs, which you and I both know is a disregarded entity. So mm -hmm. there's no point in even having it. So, yeah, I mean, those are things if you're some structure is better than no structure. There is some level of protection because while it's in the LLC, if it has multi members, there's some protections. But even then, you can put a creditor's charge on an LLC. What I'm talking about is an entity that is completely separate from you. George, if, if I give you a million dollars of my money and it's in your bank account and I go out and get in a car accident and I hurt somebody or kill somebody by accident and they sue me, they can't come get that money out your account, right? Right. Because I don't own it. It's in your account. Well, by definition, by IRS definition, 
this trust, a contract trust, is a separate legal entity. It's it's actually a separate legal taxable person. It's like I gave the money to George, right? Can't get it. It's not mine. I don't own it. But I, but the beauty about a trust is I can put it in the trust, which is this, which is giving it to George. But I still control the account. Mm -hmm. I still control it because that's a separate legal taxable person, but it's not a living, breathing taxable person. So it takes flesh and blood to, to handle that business. Well, that just happens to be me, <laughs> right? There is the difference between owning and controlling. I hope you guys uh, took a lot away from this. Again, you can reach Roger at Roger at the grant consulting group.com, or you can give him a call at 800-355-2012. And before we let you get out of here, Roger, uh, is there anything that you want to expressly leave the listeners with? Um, what would I leave the listeners with? I'm going to leave y'all with, with, with the most cited court case in the United States court history. And this is a Supreme Court case. So I want you to hear what they have to say about a trust in a proper jurisdiction. This is titled your, your right to private contract. Remember a trust is a contract, right? Let me give you the backdrop. Hale versus Hinkle's decided in 1906 by the United States Supreme Court. Since it was a Supreme Court, the case is binding on all courts of the land until another Supreme Court case says it isn't. Has another Supreme Court case ever overturned Hale versus Hinkle? No. As a matter of fact, since 1906, Hale versus Hinkle has been cited by all of the federal and state appellate court systems over 1,600 times. Remember that in nearly every instance when a case is cited, it has an impact on the precedential authority of the cited case. The more times a case is held up as the law, the more it becomes cast in granite. Here was the opinion of the court. It says the individual may stand upon his constitutional rights as a citizen. He is entitled to carry on his private business in his own way. When I say private, George, you got to hear what they said about this. He's able to carry on his private business in his own way. His power to contract is unlimited. He owes no duty to the state. I told you we, we operate above the state or to his neighbors to divulge his business. What does this mean? You can't even investigate me. If my, business, if my trust is out of order, you, I don't have to divulge anything. I'm a private entity, right? Um, it says he has no, no, uh, no duty to the state or to his neighbors to divulge his business or to open his doors to an investigation. What does the IRS do when it's an audit with that? That's an audit. It's an investigation. I don't have to open my doors to an investigation. So far as it may tend to incriminate him, he owes no duty to the state since he receives nothing therefrom beyond the protection of his life and property. When you operate an LLC, an S-Corp, a C-Corp, even as a sole proprietor, you're getting permission from the state to have that status. As a trust, I don't need that permission from the state. I don't have to ask them for permission to exist, so you can't treat me like you do those entities that you control. The summary says this, his rights are such as existed by the law of the land, common law long antecedent to the organization of the state and can only be taken from him by due process of law and in accordance with the constitution. He owes nothing to the public so long as he does not trespass upon their rights. That is the most cited court case in United States court history. 
if that don't open some eye, uh, lift some eyebrows and open some eyes, nothing will. Yeah, that, that's that's heavy. And you know, one of the things that I absolutely love about you, <laughs> you, you summarized it, but you know, I, I've watched you move, and you're very consistent in doing this. Documentation beats conversation. You will go to a source quicker than somebody can unlock their phone. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm going to give it to you so you can do the same due diligence. I, I, look, my mentor could have told me all this. I could tell you all this. Most of this I know verbatim in my head, but I want you to see I'm reading it. That means it's coming from somewhere, mm -hmm. which means you can look it up for yourself. And that's the problem with this education system they put together. They've indoctrinated us to learn to test. They have not, they have not educated us to learn to think to be critical thinkers, to do research and see, okay, because the truth, here's one thing I know, George, the truth leaves empirical evidence and a lie don't make no sense. So if I give you all this information and you do some due diligence, you tell me which set of information makes sense. The one you got out of school and what the IRS has on their website or what these court cases are saying over and over and over again. All you got to do is decide which one makes more sense. Problem is, you don't have the information to know what questions to ask. That's my job. I want you to have the information. And if I tell you off the top of my head, it might look like it's me saying, I need to read it to you and then have you go read it yourself. And I have to say it's beautifully hidden. The system, the systemized part that you talked about, I was like, oh, wow, that's just, you know, it was an evil genius. I swear. Well, they tell us stuff. And it's funny because once you learn the language, of the elite. And I'm not talking about the rich. I'm talking about the wealthy, the one percenters, the Rockefellers, Carnegie's, Rocha. Once you learn the language those cats speak, they tell us stuff everywhere we turn. Matter of fact, if you don't mind, George, I know we're about to wrap this up, but you had David on, David Wren on, talking mm -hmm. about uh, precious metals a few weeks ago, right? Let me tell you the most value because the Constitution tells us stuff. They tell us stuff in movies. They tell us stuff everywhere. But I want to read something to you from the Constitution that tells us, and this to me is the most important part of the United States Constitution because they let us know what's important to them. Check this out. Mm. It says, no state shall enter into any treaty, alliance, or... Now, this is, again, them talking to the states, the federal government talking to the states. Well, you got to come out of that statutory, that state jurisdiction. No state shall enter into any treaty, alliance, or confederation, grant letters of marquee or reprisal, coin money, emit bills of credit, make anything but gold and silver coin a tender in payment of debts. And then it says, nor shall they pass any bill of attainder or ex post facto law or any law impairing the obligations of contracts. So let me let me recap that real quick. It says none that of the states part there was everything. <laughs> but but they're, telling everything. You, they're telling you what me and Dave teach. So mm -hmm. Dave teaches people how important the precious metals are. So let's start with that. It says no state can grant letters of marquee or reprisal. They cannot coin money. They cannot emit bills of credit. That, that means they can't coin money. They can't make paper money. Um, and they cannot make anything but gold and silver uh, tender and payment of debts. This is the federal government telling the states that you can't make money. That's our job. But you can't pay us with, the, with this crap we're printing. You got to pay us with real money. You can no longer coin money. 
you cannot make bills of credit and you can't pay us with the money we coin or the bills of credit. You got to pay us with gold and silver. Then it goes on to say, nor can you make any ex post facto law or law impairing the obligations of contracts. They tell you what's important. Once you understand the language, there's evidence everywhere. We just don't know the language and we don't know what questions to ask. That's the Constitution telling you you need to structure everything you do on the contract because they can't touch it. And you need to have some real money because that's what they want. And you also answered, you know, at the top of the hour, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think I've ever gone on social media a single day uh, and the topic hasn't come up about the education system and whatnot. And, you know, I learned something today when you broke down uh, not the, the why as to why the education system the way it is. You know, uh, I thought that was very powerful. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back right after this. This is Dr. Tamia Gass, we Rejuvenating Chiropractic. This is Nara Reed with Modified Nutrition Health Coach. This is Karen Marcel with June Street Barbershop. This is Tiffany Marcel with Marcel Like Your Realty, and you're listening to Boss Talk Radio. So two things I wanted to cover, if you guys haven't picked it up already, have the link on the screen. Go to bit.ly, Remarkable Biz, Volume 2. And you can find me in the book, Remarkable Business Volume 2, a highlight on business owners and exceptional businesses. I am a contributing author here. And I think the Kindle version is only like 99 cents, so you can buy that there. And then also, I wanted to show you guys the new Bob catalog, the Black-Owned Business catalog. I am exceptionally proud of this because, one, it dispels the myth that um, we're unable to uh, work together or whatever. You can buy this catalog because we always talk about support and everything. Um, what you have here is a slew of Black-owned businesses. I was so ready to be a part of this. I'm right on the inside cover, and I have another ad in here some, somewhere. But uh, this is a collective of Black-owned businesses around the country that have put special offers inside of this book to bring you their uh, products and services. And again, you can get that catalog at bit.ly slash Bob, Bob is uppercase uh, catalog. And uh, so we ask you guys to go out and support that. Shout out to uh, Amir Young for the vision to do that. And shout out to Minuteman Press Philly uh, for the gorgeous work they did in putting that uh, book together. Uh, it's a beautiful uh, piece. Uh, I believe some offers may be for a limited time on there, but what I love about the timing of it, it was just released this month. You guys will be doing your holiday shopping soon, despite you know people saying, oh, don't spend money on this, don't spend money on that, blah, 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 so forth and so on. Many of these companies have online services, online products. Uh, it appears that a shutdown is going to be inevitable. Protect yourself at all costs, but you can support uh, each of these businesses, and some of them will have holiday specials and things of that nature, but just in time for the holidays, uh, so we can circulate that dollar within the community. And welcome back, 
Mr. Roger Grant. Uh, Doc, you 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 put some fat on the brain, and you know I was really trying to uh, I was trying to keep this at a really high level, so you know somebody's not watching the replay and look like a deer in the headlights or whatever, because our conversation went much further uh, in person or whatever. So uh, I want to thank you for clearing up, one, that there's many, many different types of trust, uh, but the term being slung around requires more to it than, than what people think. And then um, really answering the question, I challenge I'm going to issue a challenge because I'm controversial. This is what I do. So to all of my colleagues uh, across the financial industry, whether you are a CFP, CPA, uh, state attorney, et cetera, um, regardless of insurance professional, uh, you name it. If you work in this space, you, you know I'm talking to you. I challenge you to reach out to Roger to get that initial link that will change your paradigm. Then from there, you can choose to do what you will about pursuing the education. But in the words of the late great prince, there's something else. <laughs> mm. yeah. Roger, thank you so much for your time, brother. I hope that uh, everyone takes this information to heart. I hope that we lifted some minds and I hope that they reach out to you. Uh, when you have the definitive date on the uh, September date, uh, please shoot me over that email. I do plan to be in attendance. Uh, I know David is doing a class as well. Is that the same thing? Is that tied together? Yeah, Dave's good. Dave's going to be in my workshop. He always... Uh... Dave brings it home. Okay, because I know he, he mentioned. Uh, I know he had mentioned one to me uh, as well in September, so I didn't know if it was one and the same. So good. So uh, yeah, uh, let me know about the dates on there. Um, definitely planning to be in attendance. Hopefully, it's not a uh, uh, late September because I have to go to a conference uh, then. It's, it's the 18th and 19th. It's locked. Oh, okay, in. I'm there. Yeah, I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, good deal. Good deal. Uh, I love to have you. Uh, can't wait to have you on the uh, Boss 2020 panel. Uh, we didn't do that event this year because I don't believe that I'm not going to say I don't believe it's not something I want to do uh, virtually uh, while we do a stream of it and everything. Right. I really believe that energy in the room can't be uh, replaced. So I'll reach out to you to give you more details uh about that so you can touch that high level and just make somebody think again <laughs> thank you my brother it's been a pleasure having you on ladies and gentlemen mr roger grant thank you sir pleasure is all mine you've been listening to boss talk radio we will see you guys for season three which actually will be on uh september 24th mark your calendars for the premiere of season three that will be coming to you on september 24th we're building out a roster right now for the entire season uh my team and i are going to do 
several pre-records for different segments on it. So that way, as I'm pulled away for different things, uh, serving people, uh, we still bring you that value on schedule that you've centered around. Peace, love, and blessings. We'll see you guys on the 24th. Boss.